CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hi. Uh, we're going to do like red and green in like one, and there's at least one day that you had no podcast. Uh, blame Thor. Becker? Becker? Yeah, we blame Becker. What about, that's like a big blame on Becker. I would blame like a uh, Terranos God of Storms, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, I, mean, like, uh, <laughs> I, I took a lot of three damages yesterday. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure Terranos God of Storms is the... I just I just didn't leave the house yesterday. Oh, no, I did. I, I, I was showing a movie club last night, so I had to go to John's. And like even taking a cab, I was like yeah. completely soaked. So at the end of the night, so I, I actually just walked to Umami Burger anyway because I've never eaten there. So I figured nobody's going to be in Umami Burger here. Out of Storms is annihilating the world, and it was still packed. Yeah. Have you ever eaten there? No. Um, there's a reason it's always packed. Do, do but like a twenty dollar hamburger is pretty expensive. Do you, do you know you can get peanut butter on a Shack Burger? Oh, I, I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> I do. I didn't know oh, that. I just want to do that right after this. Yeah. Let's just walk towards 20... Let's do a walk-in cast towards 23rd well, Street. We it's so hard to do a walk-in cast when we're doing a set review. Let's, let's, let's do the cards, then we'll go there. Oh, no, you know what we'll do? We'll do the set review, and then we'll do a walk-in cast. <laughs> oh, nice. And then we could just sell that one for next week. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on I'm, this? I'm, I'm in. And no one will know. No one will ever, how, no would they, one will, how would they ever find out? I don't know. I don't know. There's no evidence <laughs> anywhere on the internet. <laughs> That's what we did. Okay, so we'll start from this point. We won't... All the stuff before this moment we won't put on the podcast. So, hey, everybody, Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores here for Top 8 Magic. Carrie Dan, that means that you were supposed to have cut all this. If you're listening to this part, you've not done your job. Just <laughs> in case you were wondering. And we're going to be doing red and green uh, journey into decks. Okay. So, so uh, all of the red, all of the green. All of the red, all of the green. Okay. So, Crone, Linebreaker. This is an uncommon 2R, Human Warrior, 2 1. Heroic, whenever you cast a spell that targets a Crown Line Breaker, it gets two plus two plus zero and gains intimidate till end of turn. Wow, so that seems like a decent uh, limited card. It like, is, really, a, it does seem really a bus, good. not busto, but like busto through the lines of defense. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, there's a card that we're going to see in a little bit called like Rouse the Mob, which is a, has a strive, and, but yeah. for one, for for pretty, like just for one red, you could give this plus two plus zero and trample, so this would get plus six, it would be basically a six one intimidate. Uh, for that turn, or like the giant growth on this, it was, that's common. The three right? one, yeah, yeah. Titan, uh, Titan strength. Yeah, like yeah. that would be great with this. I yeah, just no block, so yeah. just cho- chop off think, a you're huge. To think about limited here. Yeah, so I've been playing so the first one I did. I, I I've been playing Swiss draft, which I know is like, you know, this like the the cockroach level of uh, of draft. But I feel like you have to get the reps in because otherwise. Um, Otherwise, I, I can't just keep going. Oh, one, right? I'm sure. never going to learn anything. So, I mean, you want to play your deck out? Yeah, I was like midway through what was inevitably going to be my third loss when I dropped. I was like, so my deck was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to focus on drafting like a grindy white deck based on like Marshall and Rashad and Brian telling me this is the deck I should go. I was just completely failed. And I'm like, I, I take all these cards. My first deck ends up being like a. I think red and and white and maybe add some black cards, but I don't think I played them. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I have four spark jolts and i'm like i feel like this card is close is like pretty close to being constructed playable how did i get four it's clearly other people know something i don't know but they kept playing two ones and i kept killing them they would just kill me with their other two ones. yeah so then the second draft i did uh i just drafted uh or i think a uh a, a, a very dodgy red white aggro deck it was dodgy only because like i had a lot of white whites white white two drops with you know um, with, with with heroic like and Brim Vanguard or Brimaz. I was like, I had like multiple Phalanx leaders. Is that good? Um, yeah. I got a lot. Okay. <laughs> Wait, All really? right. So, yeah. Phalanx is like the best card in the set for limited. What? Not in a deck that has a lot of red one drops. <laughs> okay, uh, I got to tell you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy to not play Phalanx leader on turn two, yeah. usually. I, I'll play it on turn four so a lot the, of the, the time. Because I, I want to target at the track. I had play. like a total of three buff spells. <laughs> so, my, my deck had a lot of heroic and not a lot of buffs. So, um, yeah, I'm learning, right? So, uh, th- this time, so the, f- the first time around, I actually drafted a bunch of threatens. My deck didn't have very many guys, so it wasn't that useful. But I lost, so I, I got the crap kicked out of me by threatens. So the second time, I played my threatens in like a deck. You know, I only had 14 guys. Is that like a good amount or not? I got 14. I, w- I went 3 0 the other day in a journey draft yeah. with like 15 guys. So I had 14 guys, a couple of threatens, a couple of buffs. I went 2 1. I-, I felt like my other match was not winnable. His deck was like all bomb rares. Sure. So, like, I mean, 
I mean, my first pick in this, the second draft, was uh, was uh, King of Varesco Sky, right? Brimass. Oh, well, that's Yeah, like, so. That's like the best card. Yeah, so I was like, I was, and like, I lost to a deck that had Elspeth Sun Titan, right? I, it was just, I couldn't get through. You just kept making three guys. Sure, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what happens when you have El- Elspeth yeah. uh, Sun, Sun yeah. Champion. Also, so. also the best card. So, like, yeah. at Uncommon, the best card is, like, Phalanx Leader. Yeah. At Rare and Mythic, it's, like, some tie between Brimaz and Elspeth. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had... I made, I made so many mistakes just not being familiar with the cards. Like, the 4-5 green guy has Reach, so I kept, like, running my flying guys in him, and I'm just like, I keep not remembering that he has Reach. Like, Woo! I'm like, oh, I'll play my impetuous guy, like, whatever. Sun the, Chaser? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'll just play this, and I'll get one in, and then I just swing it right into the... He's a 4-5 guy, and I have Brimaz. I can't even attack with Brimaz. I'm like, I can bluff attack, but he, what if he just calls my bluff, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll get some... I get, this game's close, right? So I'll just get in with, with this. And then... Uh, uh, so one, one turn, uh, I get my... my opponent was got this like green blue deck with this guy you get him to one i'm like oh i can finish him i don't need to risk my my brim so i just run that guy in i'm like oh, i'll figure out a way to get him next turn nope he has like a hundred things i barely win this match that uh i was like way ahead but i, I think i'm just going to try to draft red based aggro decks i'm not i don't have enough time to learn other strategies i got or is there is green blue a grindy deck uh, it, it really, it really depends. It's kind of a mid. It's more. It's mid rangey. I mean, like, you have a lot of tempo cards and like in, just in the two drafts I've done. My observation is divination is cheaper than Lindsay Lohan in a <laughs> in a in a club stairwell. Okay, like I can just get to. Isn't two for one good? Yeah, it's good. I like divination like, a lot. Like grindy blue green. I'm thinking. I like blue green a lot too. I mean, I did. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I need to figure out, I, I, I'm can't, not getting this black-white deck that I tried to dra- draft this. But so the Bombiest deck, or, like, if you're going to get a deck that's going to bust out your opponent, like, put him in the corner, it's a white-based deck always. Is that is that very likely? I, white, so white white is the best color throughout yeah. the, the are we, format. Are we going to make it through red and green I was, in one podcast? I was gonna, We're, yeah. like, six I minutes in the first so card. I was going to conclude this statement about white yeah. with... So, but the short version is a Chrome Line Break, a pretty good limited card, yeah. unplayable and constructed. Oh, yeah, this is just Ixnay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Bearer of the Heavens. Aesthetically such a cool card. Yeah. So 7R yeah. for a 10-10 rare. It's a giant. And when Bearer of the Heavens dies, destroy all permanents at the beginning of the next end step. So Atlas dies, he just drops the whole planet. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool card aesthetically. I just don't, A, I don't know why I would ever want to play it in <laughs> constructed and it costs a ton of mana, right? Are there are there I mean, what are the good indestructibles? It is like a, this seems like a lot of work for me to even have this conversation. Right? <laughs> I mean this is a powerful effect, right? This is a Jokel Hops effect. It's Jokel Hops ish. Like Jokel Hops, for example, didn't kill your enchantments, so you could sure. play around that or like well, this doesn't kill your indestructibles. So like you know, or you could have like some sort of ivory gargoyle shit, you know. I don't know. Is that how you win the game of magic? That guy costs eight. Yeah. If I'm cheating out a way, if I'm cheating out a, a thing like this, you got to figure that there's a substantial amount of investment that has to go sure. into this. That so if the downside hits, it's hitting you <laughs> really hard. Sneak attack this guy at the play. Hit you for ten. Blow up the world. If it's if it's just did, if it what left if it had, you, What if you had something on on suspend? And then, like, you sneak attack this guy in, and then... I mean, what if we had this guy in with, uh, with, uh... uh the breach? No, the, the, the suspend guy, Greater Garganon. You Garganon that guy away? That's actually the sweetness, right? Yeah. It's the stone sweetness. That might be... Kill everything, and then you, you use up a Garganon? We still have to figure out how to get this, get past this upper right hand Oh, corner. so what you're saying <laughs> is, you don't start with an eight drop in play. Yeah, no. This is a new rule in this Magic. This is a new rule. Okay, guys. All right. We're gonna play a variant of Magic where we don't start with an eight drop. So here's a question, then. Yeah. Nix or Nix? You're gonna keep it. I don't. This card is too ridiculous. You can't good. just you can't just like ixnay it because we don't know how it could be good, right? Yeah. Like if you looked at Spirit of the Night, we'd be like, oh, ixnay. This card's unplayable. It's uncastable. Except for it's insane if you can get it out for free, right? Right. Or I mean, at least it was back in the day. Like sure. now you would get an Emrakul, right? But uh, but contextually speaking, that card's probably got some text on it. Uh, Blade Tusk Boar, uh, this is a reprint, we've seen it before, Intimidate, 3-2, for 4, not going to be a card that's going to get played and constructed. Really good in limited. Draft. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good in limited. I lost to it at the pre-release, so it was my, my one loss. Yeah, okay. Uh, Blinding Flare, I like this card a lot. R, for an uncommon, uh, any number of target creatures can't block this turn, strive, an additional R. So uh, I, I played this in my first draft. 
this and is I a would, weird card. I like I would target three of their guys and, and three two, of my guys and two yeah. of my heroic guys. And so uh, it's built for heroic, but it's like a really horrible falter, right? I mean, it's fine. Like, as far it's, as falters go, way less mana than this usually, but right? But not in this format, <laughs> right? Because I understand you want to target your own stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it, but again, not a not a constructed card. Well, I mean, anything that has to do with blocking is. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's asking for... Okay, so Cyclops of Eternal Fury. This has got a crazy border, so it's an enchantment creature. Yeah, enchantment creature. 4RR, 5-3. Creatures you control have haste. This is a powerful effect. I mean, we've seen... 5-3 creature with... But, I mean, the reality is if you're paying 6 for a creature, all the guys who are coming after him... I mean, like... I don't know. Unless you're dropping Emrakul, right. I'm not sure what, right. why like, I invested. And, like, did Urbrask see a lot of play? Yes. It did? Yeah, it was in one of the best decks. Okay. <laughs> As a one-of in a birthing pod strategy. Sure. sure. By the way, Urbrask often doesn't make the cut in my cube decks. <laughs> uh, he, he often, if, if it's between Urbrask and... I, I had this long conversation where Josh Ravitz drafted, you know, my signature cube deck, and he's like, he's like, oh, he just showed me on Twitter. He's like, I'll buy 3 0 because this is the best deck, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, Ogre Battlemaster is crap. Especially in your deck. You love it because you played it with uh, Empty the Warrens. Yeah. If you have Empty the Warrens, I guess it's infinity damage, right? But It, it is a lot of damage. But, I've also played it with Grave Titan. So it works once. Second time it doesn't It doesn't work. matter, right? Yeah. So the thing that I would say is, um, is uh, usually when I have Ogre Bat, I've played it and it's been really good. It's yeah. awesomest when you have Kelton Marauders. Ogre Bat and Kelton Marauders is like unbeatable, okay? But... Usually when you have it, it's like him or Urbrask. It's like I've had this exact same dilemma like seven times, okay? You can't play them both. Your curve will be redonkulous so, if you play too many. So the upside here is, is Ixnay. Yeah, Ixnay. Ixnay. All right, Dictate of the Twin Gods. Nyx. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a keeper. So you were talking the other day about Gavin Verhey's, like, Riddle of Lightning. Yeah. Or was it? It's Riddle of Lightning. It's Riddle of Lightning. And Blast of Blast Genius. Blast of Genius. But, like, think about, like, you go... End of turn, flash this in, untap, roll of lightning you. You could just kill them on the spot. Right. You could just do 18. Yeah. Yeah, if you flip a 9. Or right. you could just, like, shock them and do that, right? Right. So then also you could play with... It's, this is a 5, so you could Blast of Genius them. That's pretty it's pretty reasonable. I think all those cards together... I, I would... My first blush impression right now, having never actually played the strategy, is that I would not play Dictate of the Twin Gods. This card seems... Hella double-sided to me. It, well, it is, but you get to play with Flash. Yeah. But, I mean, on the turn that I'm playing this, there's almost anything I would rather do, right? Sure. Which includes, what's the five mana draw draw four, discard two spell? It's, oh, it's red, sure, blue. sure, sure. I would uh, much rather play... Flare. Yeah, I'd rather play that than this. Ooh. Okay? Right? I'm, so, I'm in. Whatever this deck is, I'm in. I love Thought Flare. Yeah, so my deck is Thought Flare, Riddle of Lightning, Dictator, this one got, and then a bunch of good split cards. Like, the split cards actually have text. If you're discarding... If you're like, you're like Riddle of Lightning... Reveal a nine, untap, blast a genius you for nine. It was not hard to win that game. Sure. I actually think that... But, you could also, but again, you could also dictate, untap, do either of those things I agree. for nine and kill. And it seemed like... Yeah, it's like, fine. I, I see this as a one-of in that deck, and you're just going to kill them with no, it. I might just be wrong, right? Yeah. So, like... Your first impression when you're making a Splinter Twin... You remember when people played Splinter Twin and Deceiver XR in Standard? The first week, people were playing three Splinter Twins, right? Yeah. So I looked at this, and I'm just like, these guys are all buffoons. <laughs> of course you played four Splinter Twins. So I, you know, and I immediately won uh, the 5K the next week, including beating somebody in the Splinter Twin mirror. So like, I think your first impression on how a combo deck should work might be wrong, is, the, is my, my point. Obviously, you have an insane uh, incentive on, on uh, turn five, turn six here. You could just stone kill them. And it's, it's actually really easy to just get a shock or a magma jet in um, yeah. before that. Yeah, your, your deck is likely going to have many of those cards, right? I mean, your deck is likely to have... An, I'm interested, maybe your deck would have 28 lands because you want to play a lot of, of um, temples. But you also want your turn 5 and turn 6 lands to come into play untapped so you can just kill your opponent. Right. So like, you might want to play a ton of lands. And Scry is super your friend in this deck. Yes. So... Um, Riddle Lightning Scry 3. Whee! Yeah, I don't think it's going to be hard to combo kill people in, <laughs> with this deck. So uh, I, I think it just it, it looks to me like an insanely powerful strategy. It's really good and well-optimizing its strategies people play today. Like People are playing like these hella interactive decks with um, 
with like thought seizes and medium to large creatures. Those decks, I mean, the card thought seize is so bad against the card divination. Like you don't think about it that way. You're like, like, oh man, thought seize is the best card in standard. You're like, EOT thought flare you, and they're like, oh man. <laughs> you're like, let me tell you about blast of genius. I drew three. Take ten. You also just play opportunity in that deck. I've been playing Opportunity and Standard in yeah. in, uh, in my uh, Prognostic Sphinx deck. Yeah. I love that deck. It was literally just the worst deck, uh, worst week ever to make an insane deck. If you play the pro- tons of people have like been messaging me on Moto and on on Twitter. They're just like, your Prognostic Sphinx deck is insane. And I'm like, I know. And I produce it, and literally the only week no one could ever play it in an event. Yeah, if you ever attack with a Prognostic Sphinx, it's hard to lose. I imagine that's also true in Constructed. Uh, all right. So let's move on. Eidolon of the Great Revel. Very good Magic the Gathering card. So RR for 2-2 enchantment creature. Spirit, whenever a creature casts a spell with converted mana cost uh, uh, three uh, or less. Whenever a player casts a player. Eidolon of the Great Revel, Revel, Revel or not, deals two damage to that player. So this is synchronous. Uh, you know, this is a synchronous... Uh, Pillar of Flame? I mean, yeah. uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. pri- pi- pi- Pyrostatic Pillar. Pyrostatic Pillar, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. With 2-2 two, two right. Pyrostatic pillar, pillar for basically the same casting cost. Yeah. This is an excellent Magic the Gathering card. It's absurd in some formats. They, your opponent is just like auto behind, right? If you play it on turn two, your opponent kind of is like, ah, oh, this is shitty, you gotta kill it. He just at least takes two and then one for ones you, it's fine. Right. Although it is an enchantment, so. But, I mean, that means it's also going to have... A lot of other synergy with your constellation cards. <gasps> Ooh, constellations! It's a good card. We, we yeah. disagree, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird though. It feels like the card, the decks that are going to want this. Yeah, have a lot of low cost cards. A lot of low cost cards. You might not start it, and um, you might just live with it, right? Like, what if, what, the, if we, what if we played it in this deck? Dictated the Twin Gods. Yeah. What if we played it in the Riddle of Lightningy kind of like? He was like, yeah. Like they're going to soften themselves up. You know what card I really like that nobody plays is the is the R three whenever you tap a non basic land, take one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody plays that. That card's like insane. Yeah, that, I mean that card had a couple weeks where it was just yeah a year ago. Yeah, where it was just like the most format defining card for two weeks. So I was just like I was playing like I, I, I playing a fair amount of red deck in standard because I just want to like you know learn decks that other people play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I would like correct myself and play a, Sphinx, a prognostic Sphinx deck, but it's just like these cards are really good. And then uh, I was talking to Patrick Sullivan, who's the red deck master, about it. And you know what card the other card people don't play, which is insane? Fanatic of Mogus, where they just played in the wrong deck. Why sure. would you play it in a slow deck? It's right. insane in a fast. Right at the deck. top of your curve, where yeah. it's just dealing like the last four or five points of damage, or seven, or seven, sure. Like, you, there's, like, so many spots where you can attack your opponent and he, like, kills your creatures mid-combat and then you're just, like, Burning Tree, Fanatic, and Mogus, take nine. Yeah. And, like, people don't play it in those decks. They play it in these, like, grindy-ass decks that have dragons. Yeah, I don't like, understand that at all. I mean, it's probably okay in that deck, but the deck that goes, like, one drop, two drop, haste, 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 yeah. you know, like, that guy's putting you so far behind and then you're just, like, boom, boom, and you just kill them. Yeah. I think Red's got a lot of good tools. I would love to see Red be a successful deck. Do you think blue will come back as an aggro deck? You know, it was the most dominant strategy for the first for the first third of the block. Completely fell off the map in the second third of the block. You're talking about like mono blue. Yeah, like but, there's but just like, no tools, but even, right? But, but even if, even in like the last couple of GPs that people were playing in standard, you still saw mono blue in the finals. I mean, like, no, you didn't. It's like red, white versus black. It was mono blue versus mono black. Well, what I'm. One of the most recent the events. Beijing one was red, white. It was all red, whites, and blacks. Sure. And I mean, I was on the red, white before. But Phoenix, for example, in April. Yeah. Was mono blue versus mono black in the finals. Okay. So I mean, blue. I don't think blue. Blue's just always there. People are playing it. Nobody's been on horsing black though. What? Nobody's been on horsing black. Yeah. Black's look winning every freaking event. Yeah, just... um, Remember back in the day, I used to love black decks. What happened? Now I like green-white. I don't really. It was a trick. <laughs> uh, flame speakers, well, I mean, I'm assuming we're nixing Eidolon. Nixing, keeping it. Keeping it. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. This is so confusing. <laughs> flame speakers, well, uh, are for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature you control. It gets plus one, plus one. And then whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it to destroy a target artifact. Next. Yeah. Ixnay. Yeah. Flurry of Horns. Oh. 
So five mana for a sorcery, put two, two, three red Minotaur creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. That's kind of a cool card. It's kind of, this card, I think this card's a, a fine limited card. Sealed deck card. An awesome sealed deck card, for sure. But I mean, this, this doesn't strike me as a dominating draft. It's a, if, if you get it off, it's obviously powerful in a fast aggro draft oh, format. But I mean, I'm making my strategy contingent on a five mana sorcery, and my deck that has 15 lands doesn't seem like a sure like a real thing. Is that is that a strategy? 15 lands red? Oh, it, it can be. Yeah. I didn't try that. I tried 18 lands because I had red, 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 reds and white. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the deck, right? It depends yeah. on your cards, but but we're not gonna. This is not gonna. This see is me. an Ixnay. 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 Yeah. Font of Ire. One R for an enchantment. Four mana. Sacrifice Font of Ire. It deals five damage to target player. I'm not a buyer on this. It's six mana to do five damage. And it's and that's not the objective killer on it. It's that the activation cost is so much. So even if you could cheat it, getting it off once you've already got it just seems so yeah. onerous to me. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan. I'm I know people are gonna you're gonna see that card a lot in limited. Um it's not a braining for five, is that good? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a quarter of their life. I mean, I don't know. Like, I played in the most aggressive formats that had Lava Axe in them, and, like, it was never good. But there are people who swear by Lava Axe in those formats. I... I mean... I mean, that's... I'm just saying, like, I've been Lava Axe three times in one match by Mike Turian and just cleanly won the match <laughs> multiple times. You know why? Mike Turian is the greatest limited beatdown player of all time, by sure. the way. And he's just like, mm. I mean, I'm just probably misremembering this, and he's just like, this card just isn't very good. <laughs> X you for five. <laughs> um, so Forgeborn Oreads. 2RR for a 4-2. Enchantment creature Nymph. It has Constellation. Constellation! Whenever it enters, or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, it deals one damage to target creature or player. Wow, that is a really powerful card. Right? So it's a it's basically a flame tongue kabu body, right? You could do like, just for sake of argument, play this guy and then nug a guy for one. You just Correct. kill the guy straight, just like flame tongue kabu. Right. But then like every additional enchantment, I'm thinking this might be the best constellation card we've seen so far, with a possible exception of the coinsmith. Uh, I, I actually think the uh, the worldwick giant might be the best. Which one is that? So worldwick <laughs> giant was the it's it's I don't even know if we liked it when we did the black. Is it review. the black one that's yeah, minus the, one minus one? Yeah, yeah it costs one more mana. This costs but it's four. minus one minus one to all their creatures. Like play yeah. them both. Yes. You have to play them all. Yeah. But this is like the jankiest linear ever, right? Remember when there was Cascade? I found a way to just play a deck of only Cascade cards. Yeah. So I mean, it might it might be really good. I think this card's probably a keeper. It okay. seems good to me. All right. We're going we're gonna to nix it. Yeah, so uh, I like it. Gluttonous Cyclops. It's a six-mana Cyclops. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not going. even going to read this it. This is garbage. Uh, harnessed by force. Oh, this looks cool. Oh, you know what? This is probably. Uh, this really reminds me of that scene in Game of Thrones when Joffrey has died and <laughs> Jamie and Cersei. No? Spoilers. <laughs> what? Uh, it was all over the Mary Sue that week. Jezebel had something to say about this scene. 1RR sorcery. Uh. Gain control of any number of target creatures until end of turn. Untap those creatures. They gain haste until the end of the turn. And its strive cost is 2R. It's going to be hard to find a better red card in this. And there might, that might just be the best card in the set. It's unbelievable. You, you like this card for Constructed? It's insane. It's ex like, For R, more than one, right? So, first of all, Threaten slash Active Treason has been it's a, a tournament staple in every single format it's ever been played, including just going straight to the finals with Pro Tour on its right. first time around, okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, I have, I have been... I've, quaked in fear of this card like people whose defensive strategy against against beatdown decks is to play a bigger creature never beat tr threaten right so if your strategy is like you know removal removal like four four or six six or whatever to hold off three guys where you untap stabilize turn threaten you lose the game on the spot yeah okay how many times have we seen a winning deck list played by let's say an antonino de rosa or a gabriel nasif with I, don't, I was going to say, like, three Threatens in the sideboard. They might just play the main deck. It's, yep. an abs it's like, consistently 2.5-star, highly playable, sometimes main deck, sometimes sideboard card, right? Yeah. You have a card that's basically the exact same card for a little bit more mana on... Uh, not even more mana. A little bit specific mana on the first time around. And if you have six, you just crush them? Like, 
You just like, it's like take two titans, take take twenty damage in one turn. Also, just think for a second. If you have like a battlefield thaumaturge, everything comes back to battle. Well, it does, though, but yeah. it does, especially when you're looking at Strive. Like, yeah. This is this is a. I mean, I. So we did a draft the other day. Yeah. And Zach Hortz was one of the guys who wandered by here and said hello to us once yep. when we were podcasting. Uh, Happens. He he had Battlefield Thaumaturge glimpse the Sun Gods. He's just like, pay one mana, tap your entire team and all my heroic guys who are attacking, scry one. Like I feel like that's a constructive strategy. <laughs> I think Glimpse of the Sun Gods a good card. So. Yeah. So I mean I mean wouldn't you rather Aurelius Fury with Battlefield Thaumaturge in play? Red, white. I know what the card is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But to harness my force, just with the Battlefield Thaumaturge, for four mana, for uh, red, 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 one, you get to steal two creatures. Red, red. Red. One. 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 Yeah, because it reduces the initial cost by one, and then it reduces the strive cost by one. So do you agree? This might just be the best card in the set. It's really good. I mean, it's, it's good. Can you imagine quickening this? No. It's horrible to quicken this. Really? Why? Because you want this to be on your turn. What if you're stealing their guys and rave commanding them and killing their, like, monsters? No? You're not interested? Read that card. It says gain control of any number of, of target creatures until end of turn. Oh, and then it's untap those creatures. Yeah. They... It's like you could rave command. Oh, it's just rave command? Yeah, yeah. If you, have, yeah. you can quicken it. Yeah, fine, that's like fine. shitty rave command. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm thinking, the only decks that want to do that are Dirtle decks. This is a killer. Okay, like you can't see is, me pointing to myself. This is like a drop, drop. Yeah, your opponent yeah. thinks he's going to stabilize, and you take his aetherling, right? Or I mean, imagine again. Imagine you're just like some super, ag- right? Some super aggressive deck. You, you know just, who's the enemy of this card? Who just gets crushed by this card? Blood Baron of Viscopa. <sighs> right? Like that yeah. guy thinks he's so hot. He's like, no one can kill me. Fine, I'm not going to kill you. You are going to kill for me. Yeah. No, this, card, this card's on. Um, it's insane. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, so we kept it. Uh, knowledge and power. 4R for an enchantment. Whenever you scry, you may pay 2. If you do, knowledge and power deals 2 damage to target creature or player. So this is like, it's supposed to be the flame rift of the set. Well, no, not flame rift. What was the? Lightning rift. Lightning rift. Lightning rift. If it costs 5. If it costs 5. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not even entertaining the nonsense that you're saying. Yeah, I'm just sad that it costs five. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good card. Well, what if they made it cost two? Like, you imagine this card costs two? <laughs> just play <Yeah>. temples? Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good Magic the Gathering card. Everyone would quit. Like, <laughs> imagine this card costs two, right? So, you know, this card is like, knowledge and power for cheap. So it's like R1, like, whenever you scry, deal two, okay? Whenever you scry, we have to still pay two. We have to pay? Oh, this uh, card stinks. I don't want to But you imagine if it was just whenever you scry? Would Reed Duke ever lose another match of Magic? Like, no, this God. wouldn't even ever happen. Be like, wait, you're telling me I can just play this card on turn two and then just play like Thassa? <laughs> oh my God, Thassa! <laughs> I was like Temples, Thassa, Magma Jet. Reed Duke would never lose another match of Magic. Everyone else in the entire planet would quit. He may never lose another match of Magic anyway. He's only number two. Yeah. Who's number one? Dizani. Dizani. How? Dizani, so Dizani has three GP top eights this year. Yeah. A Pro Tour victory and a Pro Tour top 20. He's no Reed Duke. Have you seen Jeremy Reed Duke's Di- hair? Jeremy Dizani. Have you seen Reed Duke's hair? Jeremy Dizani might be the best, ma- best Magic player in the world right now. I mean, if he's number one, yeah. he probably should be, right? No, I'm saying, like, he, I, think it's, I think it's very plausible that Jeremy Dizani is underrated. I mean, as the number one ranked player in Magic. There was a goof with a bicycle helmet covered with flowers that we talked to a little bit earlier tonight, uh, just a few minutes ago in that coffee shop. You know, that guy still breathes. Oh. Yeah. It yeah. was John Finkel, by the way. Yes, John Finkel has a bicycle helmet covered with flowers. All right. And like, he, he won't take your BS. He'd be like, yeah. you have a bicycle helmet covered with flowers. He'd be like, yep, what of it? And what are you going to say next? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Lightning Diatom, 5R for an enchantment aura. I'm not even going to bother reading it. How about Magma Spray? How do you like Ooh, this card? That's a reprint, right? This is a reprint. Yeah, I think R this card for an is... instant, deals two damage to target creature. If that creature would die, this turn exile it instead. I mean, the main reason that card was playable in the past was because it would take out Kitchen Finks sure. without the rebuy. But I still never liked that exchange because, like, they still got two. You right. know, it was just the worst. 
Um, do, and you not, do you not like this card now? It's obviously playable. Okay. But I don't know what format you played. And you played in standard? Possibly. It doesn't hit players, right? No, it's just, you know, right, it's just target creature. I mean, it's generally I mean, a sideboard card. Is there a deck that wants eight shocks? Who are you stopping from rebuy? Just work with me here. I don't know who. There's no kitchen sinks in the format. Uh, I mean, I guess with all the, maybe with the whip decks, you want to just like... But they don't whip small guys. Yeah, like, you don't want Obzidak getting whipped, right? But like, if they're getting... I'm going to whip Satter. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to mail four more cards. Like, that's not... You know, who cares? Yeah. No, but I mean... I don't think it's going to see a lot of play in Standard. Okay. And you could have already played it in Modern. Nobody does. It's not unplayable, but... Probably should be played in Modern. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, it deals with... But see, the thing is, the decks that could play it don't fight on that vector against against Birthing Pod decks, right? Sure. They try to race the Birthing Pod deck. All right. What do you think of this card? I think this card might be playable. Mogus's, Mogus's Warhound. One R for a 2-2... It so already just one R for a 2-2 is probably playable. Right. Just must attack each turn if able. Yeah. So enforces correct play. But then it has bestow 2R. It's only three. So three, which is a reasonable cast. Of, I mean, we've seen people... I mean, pe people generally prefer to pay just two for their plus two, plus twos. Yeah. But we've seen people pay three for plus two. You play some versatile card. Ooh, you kill the guy, you're going to get the Mogus's Warhound back. Right. This is just a fine split card, right? So what... What creatures do you want to put this on, right? Because How about an Ash Salad? People don't even put, like, a Madcap Skills on an Ash Salad very much. I mean, I mean, I also will put it on itself. Yeah? <laughs> like, I'll play this I think this turn. is a keeper. I'll play this the next turn. Yeah, I, I like this card a lot. Uh, what about, you know what, what if it goes on a Tormented Hero? It can go on a Tormented Hero. It can go on a Seder Hoplite, which we're going to see in a few minutes. You first picked it in your first draft. I did. Was it a 3-0? It was a 3 0. Right. It was really good. I also had the Blood Craze Hoplite. And so, like, Blood Craze Hoplite has the heroic ability, but when it gets the plus one, plus one counter, it also takes a plus one, plus one counter off of another creature that your opponent controls. It's spirited. It's, it was really meaningful. Like, I, I actually was able to just, like, like, combat tricks became just brutal. What a dick. Yeah, I loved it. So, uh, Pensive Minotaur, uh, we'll come back to this. Let's think about it for a little while. And come back. This is just like strictly better than Hurling Minotaur. Because it costs one less red. But, but actually triggers far less uh, Heroic? I mean, devotion. Uh, devotion, yes. It's actually strictly worse. In this format, yeah. Yeah. Screw you, Pensive Minotaur. All right, so if there's a challenger to... to is it Take by Force? Is that the name of it? Yeah. Is it Take by Force? No. No, it's... it's uh, harness harness by, by Force. force. If, there's a, if there's a challenger to Harness by Force in this set for red... I would put it on one of the next two cards. The next one being Prophetic Flame Speaker. Yeah, this card's ridiculous. One RR for a one three, double strike and trample. Whenever Prophetic Flame Speaker deals combat to a neutral player, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. So you might just—it's just like a double Ophidian. So like, if you hit somebody, you just exile the top two cards, right? So what if it's just like a Temple and a Shock or something, or yeah. you just play them both? Yeah. Yeah, this card is absurd, and I have no clue what kind of deck you would play it in. Maybe the Riddle of Lightning. Oh, first of all, it's clearly a Nyx, right? Uh, yeah. How about we put a Mogus's Warhound on it? I mean, I think that's just excessive. I, the problem is, I don't. I think this guy is fragile enough that you don't want to invest too much in him. And you should be happy if you're just hitting someone with him. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes I mean, making him a three-five double strike trampler is also fine. I would rather Madcap skills him because then he doesn't get blocked. That's fine too. Okay. Um, but uh, this card just. Maybe we play him in the Riddle of Lightning deck. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Riddle of Lightning deck... I'm not, so Riddle of Lightning's also... This is also a reprint. Yeah, but it's a reprint that will actually get played this time, whereas yeah. before it never got played. Yeah. So why do you think it's going to get played this time? So 3RR, choose target creature or player, scry 3, then reveal the top card of your library. Riddle of Lightning deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to that creature or player. So and that card's still on top of your library, by the way. Yeah. So the reason that I think it'll be a playable card is because... Um, you can play with split cards now, so split cards have a very high casting cost. Sure. And uh, there's redundancy, so you can go five drop Riddle of Lightning, six drop Blast of Genius, so you can get rid of the stupid split card that you just drew. Right. Yeah, and by the way, it's an instance. So you can also go Riddle of Lightning you at the end of turn, yeah. untap, upkeep, Riddle of Lightning you, and just, kill and just them. hit you with that same card again. Yeah. So if you just like shock them on turn two or whatever, right? You could just go like turn turn five, nine you, untap, upkeep, nine you again. Yeah. And then they would just be dead. Yeah. 
And I think that's going to be, if not one of the dominant strategies in Standard coming up, it's going to be a consideration that people play. Like this like combo controller sort of deck that probably plays cards like Glass of Genius, Thought Flare, point removal cards. I think it is going to play, I think that deck is going to play Dictator Perforous. Just because it's just so combo horrific? Yes. I I think, I don't know if it'll play four. But I, I could imagine playing two right now. So you like, just go like whatever deck we're talking about. I can imagine just playing two. Just go like Eot, Dictator, Porphyros, Upkeep, Riddle of Lightning. See what happens. Yeah. Like you could just do eighteen to someone. Yeah. I, you don't think Prophetic Flame Speaker goes in that deck? That's just a deck that really wants its resources. It may. It may. Yeah. I mean, it may. I mean, pretty good if it's yeah. It's, the, the, the deck's going to get out of hand. I mean, you might want to just make a mono-red version of this deck. No, no, no. You need to play Blast of Genius. Do you really need to play Blast of First of all, you're playing a ton of split cards. So why would you... Okay. Like, you need to probably play, like, Temples and Dual Lands if you're if you're playing those. Otherwise, it's just, like, they're just expensive cards. Sure. If, if that's the strategy you're playing, like, you're just going to accumulate these horrible hands. You need cards like Thought Flare and Blast of Genius to get rid of that crap. I don't think you can play a mono version. Okay. Maybe. But you like this card. Yeah, it's good. All right. How do you feel about Rollick of Abandon? 3RR, Sorcery, all creatures get plus 2, minus 2 until end of turn. I mean, I, I don't think this is, like, a real constructed card. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe It's like a 5-mana Infest. I won't even play a 3-mana Infest. Right, Drown in Sorrow has not made any impact. You know, you say that, but I lose to it every so often because I never play around it. Because I'm sure. like, no one will Ah, oh, man. All my burning tree emissaries are dead. <laughs> um, rouse the Mob. This was an excellent card for me in Limited the other day. Uh, R for a Strive card. Any number of target creatures get plus two, plus zero, and gain trample until end of turn. And then the Strive cost is two R. So typically you're going to play four for plus four damage. Yes. Yeah, yeah I did that. I paid... Repeatedly. I paid seven one game. Seder Hoplite. Seder Hoplite. This card is... Is this card constructible? So, I think this is just... Same heroic problem, like, that we've seen. There's there's no shortage of cards that if you could get the heroic balance right, would have been better than... Or at least as good as Seder Hoplite. There's no heroic balance for constructed. You basically need, like, basically a third creatures, a third pump spells, and a third lands... And if you draw there, there a good might long be, combo, there might be enough. There might be enough guys that are cheap bestows in red. There's the one drop guy that bestows for two. There's this. There's the. There's Nixborn Rolliker, which bestows for two. There's Mogus's Warhound, which bestows so for I'll, three. I'll give you. I'll give you a scenario, right? So your dream draw in constructed. Is probably oh, I guess be the like, problem is you just don't have any. I just. I kind of see it as augmenting. So maybe me, an aggro strategy with your. No, let, let me let me just walk through for you. All right. Your your dream draw, literally your dream draw, will be first turn Seder Hoplite, second turn Madcap skills, right? No, second turn, uh, Burning Tree emissary Madcap, Madcap skills. All right, that's fine. Okay, that's that's your dream draw, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna go that right, why not all my Burning Tree emissaries Madcap skills? All okay. right. If you're gonna, if that's your dream draw, why is that better than Legion Loyalist Madcap skills, right? Legion Loyalist would have already gotten in for the point that you're going to get extra on Seder Hoplite, and it has all kinds of extra text. Like, sure. they can't block with token creatures, you know? Sure, sure. Or when you have Battalion, you know, cool stuff happens. So, like, that strategy has been, like, a really fringe strategy to date. I just don't see Seder Hoplite in constructed, right. like, or pushing pushing this so over, we, the, over so the top. We've seen a Crone Crusader get played. Yeah, in a deck with these cards that, that you know... Uh, yeah, I would rather have a Chrome Crusader than Seder Hoplite on turn one. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, are we, are you I mean, you want to keep gonna, it? No, we're not going to keep it. We're going to it. Just, it seems, seems it's weak uh, to me. Okay. Sigled, uh, sigiled Skink. 1R for 2-1 Lizard. Whenever it attacks, scry one. It's a okay plus card, I think. I think it's You're not going to save this. I don't think it's got. it's going to have very much um, impact right now because the competition at that drop is like... Burning Tree Emissary, Ash Zealot, and um, and uh, what's the two one guy that they can't block if you have Battalion? Uh, yes. You know which one? Yeah, I do. All three of those guys are better than this guy. Sure. Agree. Agree. The two of them are going to rotate, so sure. maybe. Uh, Spawn of Thraxus. Five RR for a five five. 
flying when it enters the battlefield it deals damage to target creature or player equal to the number of mountains you control. It's a really cool card. It's a very cool card. And it also Great costs seven. Costs seven. Not So here's the problem with Spawn of Thraxis. This is like substantially overcosted for a five five flyer. Yes. Right? So the bar, the bar for a five five flyer in standard is Thundermaw Hellkite, which is a little bit overpowered, right? So that card's too good. But like not by that much. Sure. Right? This card's two more mana, which is effectively ten more mana than yeah. than um, than than uh, Thundermaw Hellkite. So you have to ask yourself, is the payoff for what I'm getting that's not haste and killing all their tokens or whatever equal to this? Well, that's only the case if you're playing it in an unfair deck, and an unfair deck gets no value from the extra text. Right. I mean, an unfair in, in an unfair deck, you might do it for three. But you get no value. Well, how are you doing it for free? For, for three. three. For three. How? If three mountains, you've done some sort of, like, so artifact. Seething song on, or whatever. You've done some sort of artifact on turn two, some sort of seething song on turn three, three mountains. Like, but I could see you, that. But in a deck like that, you're talking about a wide format strategy, right? Right. Now, you're not talking about, like, a standard no, I, I don't. Deck. I don't think this one is... Yeah, so, like, if that's the case, there's so many things I can imagine I would rather do than cast this, if I if you already have that that framework. You agree? I agree. I mean, obviously, it's the kind of card, if you have it in, in sealed deck, you get into a stall situation, it's probably going to win the game for you by itself. Right. But I think in, in standard, I can imagine it only if, like, big red decks are, like, a thing, and then you have two guys that are, like, sitting there like accumulating mana and then you have to have to the the biggest big thing i think it actually might have a place there but i don't know for planning to have seven lands in play <laughs> right excuse me right yeah, no 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 i i don't think i don't i don't think this is a savable card uh i'm curious what you think about spite of mogus r for sorcery spite of mogus deals damage to target creature equal to the number of instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard scry one so this is like the scred of um, correct, and you know how I felt about scred. You I thought it. it was the best card. Yeah. And then everyone made fun of me, and then Chris Lockman and Luis Scott Vargas said scred was the best card. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, they must be right now. And I'm like, guys, oh, said scred was the best card. Like, <laughs> but whatever. whatever. Um, yeah, this is no scred. This is no scred. But think for a second about like Delver era magic. Yep. Right, red, white, blue Delver decks and whatnot. Oh, you think this is a wide format card? Possibly a wide form. Interesting. Card, where, like, you can just you kill a Tarmogoyf with this card. Yeah, you can. It's tough, but like you're no, playing. No, not really. I mean, but you're like I, I, you're I, like thought scouring and you know doing all that. So kinda. you think this takes the flex spot over the one dismember? I'm not sure. Maybe. This is like a. The thing about the one dismember is it kills Tarmogoyf when they play it. Yeah, the okay. turn you play. But I'm just this is this is a card that also can like kill a Titan. Also, I would have. I would have kept this card, even though I think it's no scred. But I, I, I'm actually intrigued by what your read of this card is. You think this is a card that you play on like turn seven, then? Yes. With with very little. Like, with I mean, very I, think, I think you can like ponder on turn one, kill an elf on turn two with it. Like yeah, it's, it's fine, reasonably like, I think, flexible. I think the card is flexible, but uh, I don't know. I think it also, you know, it's something that just can kill a titan, can kill a storm breath dragon, can you know just. Do a lot of stuff like. You know, I, I have, I have a hard time. Like there's, there's, there's a real limit on how much damage you can do with your red spells. And yeah, for, especially, that's why I love spread. Yeah, yes, but you, you know this kind of challenges me not for the reasons that you're saying because it's a sorcery. Yeah, I agree. And it's a huge limitation for a card at this cost. I agree, but again, I think it's a card you set up. And yeah, I think that your notion of play, I think of it always as the goblin war buggy. So, um, Goblin War Buggy was this really controversial card back in Urza's block, right? Where, you know, the, the when I first learned about drafting red and, by extension, red-green from um, the CMU guys and later Hashim Bello, like, you don't want to draft Goblin War Buggy. And then, do you remember when Alan Comer took Goblin War Buggy over Morphling? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Okay. Very so, well. I was there. You basically, like, Telegraph handed a Grand Prix to, uh, to Trey Van Cleef. Trey Van Cleef. Okay, so, later... Randy would draft... Be beating Hashim, actually, with yeah. the Morphling. So, later, Randy taught me about drafting Goblin War Buggy. He's like, listen, don't think about Goblin War Buggy as a card you play on turn two. Think about it as a card you play on turn five on tap three lanes. And I was like, when I when I changed my thought about that, he's like, well, in Urza's, a 2-2 haste on turn five is actually... That would probably get in, right? Your, your opponent won't tap for his Morphling. He's afraid he'll die <laughs> to a pestilence, you know? So, um... 
It's a, I think they could be a thing. You know, yeah. I, I, so we'll call that the Goblin War Buggy Test. Sure. Okay. Sure. Or the Scred Test. Or, like, but I think Goblin I, War Buggy all Test. All right, done. How does Starfall do on the war, Goblin War Buggy Test? Well, it costs a hundred mana. It costs a hundred mana. It does three not, damage. Not enough for sometimes. <laughs> uh, twin Flame. Twin Ooh. Flame. One R for a sorcery. It's a rare. I think this card's cool. Choose any number of target creatures you control. For each of them, put a token that's a copy of that creature onto the battlefield. Those tokens have haste. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step. I assume that means the tokens. Yeah. And then the strive cost is 2R. So for 5 mana, you get two guys that are hasting in. Right. I mean, what if those guys were Inferno Titans? Yeah, what if those, right. what if those guys were Inferno Titans? What if those guys were Necrotals? What if those guys were Mold Drifters? Who mold drifters? Those guys were mana wars. There's like some seriously interesting stuff you can do with this card. For that reason, I would keep it. Yeah. What's uh? What was the card? It was Chapin. I think played it. It was. It's like it was like a hybrid red blue red blue. Oh, Nucklevy. Nucklevy. Yeah. But it was a Nucklevy. It was a. It was a. Uh, I, I want to say, Heezy played it in Chapin's list, and it was like to break the parody on. Uh, because you could only play so many Cruel Ultimatums. Yeah. Just like rebuy Cruel Ultimatum and 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 uh, Cryptic Command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Top eight U.S. Nationals yeah. that year. So. And then the last card's Wildfire Cerebus. Cerberus, sorry. I always say Cerebus, too. I know, because the comic books. Yeah. Uh, 4R, 4 Yeah. This is not a real card. All right, so let's look at the cards we kept for red. Brian's deck. We just have a picture of it handy, that's all. Okay. What do okay. we got here? So we kept Bearer of the Heavens. That was a loose keep. Loose keep, but I mean, yeah. I, I feel like something's going to happen with it. Uh, Dictate of the Twin Gods. That's going to see play. Eidolon of the Great Red. That's going to see play also in wide formats. Forge of Oreads. Loose. loose keep. Loose. Uh, Harnessed by Force. You, you think this is one of the best cards? I think it's probably just the best card of the set. I mean, Threaten was like... It's been played every format that's ever been legal. It, sure. On, its, on Threaten's first trip out, it made the finals of the Pro Tour. I just want to I just want to remind you. Right. So you're, you're, so you're saying that at six mana, this is just doing something degenerate. It's, it's like your opponent has like two Baneslayer Angels, right? You're just like, like, oh, that was cute. Kill you. Right. Like that card is just literally like six mana kill you. It's like three mana crush you, actually, right? Right. Do you imagine taking like an Annihilator creature? Okay. Like it's... Okay, I'm in. It, it's really good. No? I think it's really good. I don't think, I think it's like, I, I think for, for me, it's just a matter of degree. I think it's one of the really good cards in the set. But the thing is, like, what kind of impact cards are you really looking for in a set? Like, what do you think the most highest impact card from Theros was? I mean, not counting, not counting Scrylands, right? Like Thoughtseize, which was a reprint, right? Yep. And I think the next most high impact card is probably Grey Merchant of Asphodel. I think Grey Merchant of Asphodel. I think Thassa. I think Master of Waves. I think, like, you know, we called a lot, like, you loved Master of Waves to begin with. We both were pretty good on Thassa. But we, at, at the time, we were like, oh, we think Grey Merchant's really good. That wasn't a widely held thing at the time. Correct. Right? Correct. But I think if you look, if you look retrospectively, right. neither Thassa nor Master of Waves has had the impact of Grey Merchant of Asphodel. No, no. Grey Merchant's just. Oh, I can think Whip of Erebos is also Whip of big. Erebos is a high-impact card. Yeah. Like, but these are not... But I guess those cards are are flashy. If you think cards that could go in the rock are flashy, but they're not flashy like High Tide, right? I'm sorry, I'm sorry like Time Spiral, sure. right? I think that like if you look at every one of those cards, Great Merchant of Asphodel is a variation on Corrupt, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weaker corrupt with feats, okay? Whip of Erebos is a variation on, call it, Unburial Rites. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Whatever. But both these are just like variations on things. And then it's not even like, they're not even universally played. Great Merchant of Asphodel is, takes us backseat to Blood Baron of Escopa in the black white version, right? Sure. There are decks that don't even play Whip, Whip of Erebos, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. These are not universally played cards. We're talking about the most high impact cards. In the entire set. What's the highest impact card um, from, uh, here, from Born here, of the Gods? Here's, here's the thing. Yeah? So, I mean, I think you're arguing my case for me, though. Like, what one creature on the board in standard is there going to be that I want to harness so badly? I mean... Angel of Serenity. That's a really good one. Blood Baron of Escopa. Okay. Uh, I don't know. How about... Um, uh, what's the Red God's name? Porphyros? Yeah. Is Porphyros going to be alive? I don't know, but if it's not in the not in the way, 
How about this one? It's for three mana, right? Yeah. Boros Reckoner. Uh, that's a really How good one. How about I just don't lose the game to your Boros Reckoner? That's a really good one to steal. Okay. And it's only three. That might be the game right there. Sure. When I take your Boros Reckoner. Sure, sure. How about this one? Um, Colonian Hydra. How about a realistic one? <laughs> Here's uh, Desecration Demon. Ooh. How many times have we seen the standoff there? Nobody survives a Desecration Demon. Oh, wow. So they like... You, wow, that's actually pretty sick. How about I just take your Desecration Demon and sacrifice it? I don't think that works. But. Uh, pre-combat, enter combat, you can sacrifice a creature to Do make you, Desecration is Demon. Is Desecration... I don't even remember now. I think you can sacrifice okay. it. Okay. But it doesn't even matter. I just want to smash you Just it. smash for six. Okay, like... It's like... Or like... How about I just take two pack rats and activate my Mutaball? Right. Like, I, I just think that this card is... Uh, you can't take, you can't take Master of Waves. Right. I like, you can't, like, there's a lot of cards that are really good that you just can't take. Like, you're, you can't very likely take Aetherling, Prognostic, Sphinx, like, those guys aren't, like, I guess the blue guys are not going to get this. So, I, th I think, I think, again, we're arguing matter degrees. You think this card's great. I think it's really good. Like, I think this card is just... It's so good, I think. I, I think it's dramatically better than any of the cards we, we mentioned. Okay, so Magma Spray, fine. I don't even think it's going to play, play in standard. I'm okay. obviously not going to nix it. Yeah. I mean, ixnay it, because yeah. it's seen play in the past. Uh, Magus' Warhound. It's fine. It's just a fine card. You know, just whatever. It's I mean, way we, better than cards that have won we, the Pro Tour. We said, yes, this card is playable. We said, like, the Skink isn't playable, but this has more. It's way better than yeah. cards that have won the Pro Tour. Yeah. Uh, Prophetic Flame Speaker. I think this might be a really good card. This might be my favorite red card in the set. It's really powerful, but I think it's. I don't know what deck this goes in. Is my sure? Like fast aggro decks would almost always rather have Chandra's Phoenix. Okay. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. And like more more ponderous red decks would almost always rather have Boros Reckoner. Right. Wait, aren't we putting it in your Riddle of Lightning deck? I like that strategy. So That's a really good card. Riddle too. of Lightning, we like. Spider Magus, loose keep, loose keep, speculative keep. Spec I like speculative keep better. Speculative than keep. keep. Uh, Twin flame also cool a speculative card, keep. Yeah. Cool card. All right. So that's it for red. So we're just gonna keep going, even though we're at almost at an hour now. But why don't we just? No. No. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. And that was red. Dun dun.